Monday, November the 29th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, catch up, Omicron restrictions multiply and Swiss back COVID certificates. First, the world in brief. South Africa's president, Cyril Ramaphosa, said the travel bans brought in against his country to stave off the Omicron variant of COVID-19 were unscientific and discriminatory. The highly mutated strain was detected in several more countries around the world, with many banning arrivals from southern Africa. Israel and Japan went a step further and forbade all foreigners from entering. Anthony Fauci, the Biden administration's chief medical advisor, said it would take two weeks before a judgment could be made on the threat caused by the new variant. Health ministers from the G7 group of rich economies will meet later on Monday to discuss their response. In a referendum on Sunday, Swiss voters by a wide margin backed the country's use of COVID-19 certificates, which offer proof of vaccination, a negative test, or immunity through having contracted the virus. COVID-19 tests are no longer free, and the restrictions had sparked widespread protests. But cases are rising rapidly. Nissan, Japan's third largest car maker, announced plans to invest $17.6 billion over the next five years to ramp up its electric vehicle production. It hopes to launch 23 new models and generate half of its global sales from electric or hybrid vehicles by 2030. Last year, the figure was only 10%. Singapore and Malaysia reopened their common land border, one of the world's busiest, to vaccinated travellers. Those making the crossing must also test negative for COVID-19, but will avoid quarantine. The border had been closed for nearly two years. Before that, as many as 300,000 Malaysians skipped into Singapore every day, mostly to work. Counting began in Honduras's presidential election. With around a quarter of the votes tallied, Xiomara Castro, a left-wing opposition candidate, has taken a commanding lead. She would be the first leftist leader of the country since her husband, Manuel Zelaya, was ousted in a coup in 2009. Coinstore, a cryptocurrency exchange based in Singapore, began operations in India. That was despite a looming threat that India's government may soon ban most private digital currencies, which officials fear could be a trap for naive investors. Almost a quarter of Coinstore's customers are based in India, and it plans to open offices in Bangalore, New Delhi and Mumbai. Thousands of people gathered in Belgrade, Serbia's capital, to protest against the government's inaction on alarming levels of air pollution. On Saturday, demonstrators blocked key bridges and roads in protest against two new laws they say favour the interests of foreign investors over the environment. A report from 2009 claimed Serbia had Europe's worst per capita rate of pollution-related deaths. And fact of the day, 93,475. The number of asylum applications France received last year, the second highest in the EU after Germany. 
Britain received 36,041. Relations between the two countries have grown tense after migrants drowned trying to cross the English Channel. And editor's note. Whether you're a loyal fan or a new listener, we want to hear from you. We're launching a listener survey so you can tell us what you think about our shows and so we can find out what you would like to hear more of. To take part, visit economist.com slash briefing survey. That's economist.com slash briefing survey. And now here's today's agenda. Ghislaine Maxwell on trial. In 2019, Jeffrey Epstein, a disgraced American financier, hanged himself in a Manhattan jail while awaiting trial on sex trafficking charges. His victims, deprived of the chance to see him held accountable, may now get a measure of justice. On Monday, his alleged accomplice, Ghislaine Maxwell, a British socialite, goes on trial. Prosecutors claim that Miss Maxwell groomed and trafficked underage girls for abuse by Epstein and lied about her involvement under oath. She denies the charges. The lurid story has felled others too. In March, Leon Black resigned as chief executive of Apollo Global Management, a private equity firm, following revelations that he paid Epstein $158 million for tax advice. Jess Staley, the former boss of Barclays, a bank, relinquished his post this month after Britain's financial services watchdog concluded that he had mischaracterised his relationship with Epstein. Both deny knowledge of the abuse, and Mr Staley is contesting the regulator's findings. The abuser may be dead, but fallout from the scandal continues. Iran's nuclear programme Talks on the future of the nuclear deal signed by Iran and six world powers resume on Monday. Iranian negotiators will meet all but the Americans. The Iranians refuse to talk to them. Donald Trump, the former American president, pulled out of the deal in 2018. In response to American sanctions, Iran has breached the agreement in various ways, most notably by enriching uranium to 60% purity, a level, quote, that only countries making bombs have, says Rafael Grossi, head of the International Atomic Energy Agency. Iran may be trying to drive a hard bargain. The new administration of Ibrahim Raisi, a conservative cleric, says America must admit to wrongdoing in ditching the deal, immediately lift all sanctions, and guarantee that any new agreement will last beyond President Joe Biden's tenure. Those conditions are impossible to meet, says the Americans, who, under Mr Biden, hope to re-enter the old deal before negotiating a, quote, longer and stronger one. A confrontation is looming. India clamps down on crypto. Reports last week that the Indian government plans to ban private cryptocurrencies, barring a few exceptions, sent a shudder through the country's crypto sphere. What those, quote, exceptions are and what constitutes a, quote, private currency is unclear. Popular tokens, including Bitcoin and Ether, are hosted on public blockchain. No matter. 
prices of virtual currencies on Indian crypto exchanges fell by around 20%. The exchanges, overwhelmed by panic selling, were slow to process withdrawals. India's central bank has expressed, quote, serious concerns that cryptocurrencies may be used for money laundering. It plans to launch its own digital currency next month. Lawmakers worry that primetime television adverts for cryptocurrencies, many featuring Bollywood stars, mislead naive investors. Government officials complain that it is a Ponzi scheme. A new crypto bill is due to be introduced in the winter session of Parliament, which starts on Monday. Indians who trade in cryptocurrencies, more than 15 million people, will hold their collective breath. Germany pioneers legal cannabis in the EU. In Germany's 177-page coalition agreement, one announcement should leave many people on a high. The country will become the first in the EU to legalise the recreational use of cannabis and its sale through licensed vendors. Though the Netherlands is often associated with weed-touting coffee shops, possession and sale of marijuana is still a crime albeit loosely policed. In October, Luxembourg became the first European country to allow cultivation of plants for personal use. Italy will probably hold a referendum on decriminalising cannabis in 2022. Europe had lagged behind North America. Some 18 American states have legalised marijuana. In Canada, where cannabis became legal to buy and consume in 2018, Supplies can now be ordered via Uber. One explanation for Europe's pivot is the tax it stands to gain from legalisation. Germany could rake in almost 5 billion euros a year from a cannabis tax and savings in police and prosecutorial costs. Citizen Ash A documentary on a model athlete activist with a gold chain and a pair of aviator glasses, Arthur Ashe cut a stylish figure on the tennis court. Tall and wiry, his childhood nicknames were, quote, skinny and, quote, bones, he bested his rivals with powerful serves, elegant backhand returns and attacking approach shots. He became the first African-American player to win the men's singles title at the Australian Open, US Open and Wimbledon. He was impressive off the court too, as Citizen Ash, a new documentary, attests. Ash had been barred from playing on certain courts as a child in segregated Virginia, and as an adult he used his public platform to criticise apartheid in South Africa. After contracting HIV from a blood transfusion, he set up a foundation to support AIDS research. He died in 1993, and remains a model for athlete activists everywhere. Quote, to have a potential to do a lot of good and not exercise this, he once said, quote, is the worst cowardice. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Louisa May Alcott, who was born on this day in 1832. Good books, like good friends, are few and chosen. The more select, the more enjoyable. 
That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 